Hi guys, it's your host Matilda. And it's your co-host Imama. And you're listening to the African Lipso Podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Matilda. As we already said at the beginning, to be yeah. honest, but I can reintroduce <laughs> myself, you know, because like, yeah. We'll introduce Lily after in a bit. <laughs> I have your accolades. Oh my but god! Oh, okay, accolades. I just, like, How long she, are they? Like did, pages? Pages? Like, okay. But you know, I did my work and I truncated it and everything because obviously, like, I had to try. Yeah, let's give a quick for the pages. Audience. Okay, <laughs> okay. Speaking I said there's no humility there, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how's your how, how have your weeks been? My week was stressful actually. I had like work was just really stressful. There was a lot going on, mm-hmm. but um ultimately it was good because I feel like I learned a lot, so that's good. Okay, yeah, and it's been two weeks since we recorded last actually. Oh, that is actually true. It this two weeks, two weeks thing it takes yeah. a bit of like adjusting to. to. Yeah, how about the week before? The week before was kind of the same thing because we had an issue that kind of lasted two weeks, actually. But um, ultimately, it was good. It was a learning process. I feel like I just need to take a whole day to sleep. Mm-hmm. But I have Tuesday as a half day, so I am going to sleep okay. indeed. But yeah. Indeed. <laughs> How was well, your week? Mine? Oh, I traveled. <laughs> I, did, I did my first solo trip ever. I went to nice. New York and like I did all the tourist shit like that I, oh, I that nice. you can possibly do. And like it was actually a really good experience. I feel like much more people should do solo travels. Like, oh, wait, I saw that, like, you had, like, pictures taken of you. Like, how did you, how? I literally just called strangers on the road. Actually? I was like, please, could you take me a picture? Like, oh, that's do nice. you know the most awkward thing? Being at Madame Tussauds, I, I don't think I'm pronouncing Tuss- that right. I think it's Tussauds. Tussauds. I don't know. Tussauds. Anyhow, should I get the idea? You know, the mannequin thing, like, yeah. that, 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 you shouldn't go to alone. Like, because <laughs> the whole point of going to the thing is to take pictures yeah. with, like, but, like, you'd walk, like, five seconds and be like, sorry, can you take my picture? And then you <laughs> try to find like a whole different other yeah. people because you don't want to find the same well, people. Well, you can just do selfies. You can just make it like a selfie. Yeah, Madame but Tussauds like there's some, trip. yes, you can do that. But a lot of the, um, the angles that the, um, mannequins are, are at, some of them are not like selfie friendly. Oh, okay. Like, you know, so it was really good. And like another thing, I guess I learned, I, I think that's the importance of like traveling because even though New York isn't that far from here, to mm-hmm. be very honest, but like what was really interesting was seeing a lot of black lives. Latinos, Afro Latinos, um, Afro Latinos, basically. Um, like I think it's only recently that we really started acknowledging the fact that there are maybe a lot of people knew. I I literally personally didn't know. Mm-hmm. I stayed in the Bronx for um like in my oh, yeah. Airbnb. The Bronx. You know the the Bronx. <laughs> the Bronx. I was, I was out there. You know, eighty sixth and fifth. That's right. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. But Good like night. yeah, like you know in the Bronx and there's so many. Even my Airbnb host, she was black. Like. Mm-hmm. And looking at her and then she starts speaking and then you hear the spanish accent Espanol. and you're like yeah there's just so much more out there that like we don't really expose mm-hmm. ourselves to so like it was very um interesting to see and the culture and everything but more on that later That's um good. lily nice. lily lily <laughs> how has your week been my week's been blessed it's reading Ooh. week at Carlton, so having five extra days to take some to, downtime yeah to so just tone down relax 
I'm glad it's almost over. So you're glad it's you're almost over. No, I'm glad I had that. <laughs> oh, okay. You know she doesn't like taking naps, so like this is <laughs> stressing true, her. True, I guess. <laughs> this I mean, is nap time is stressing. No, no, her. I I do like taking naps. I just usually don't, and it's hard for me to get into naps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wait till don't get into them. They're addictive. <laughs> Couple hours of sleeping. Your mama would know. <laughs> yeah, they're very addictive. I would not recommend. Don't, don't shame her for naps. I'm not even shaming you at all. Like this week, I've been sleeping. Since I got back, I've been sleeping, and I, it's very abnormal because it's like, how much sleep can your body actually get? A lot. Honestly, your body knows what it needs, right? So huh. just trust it. Huh. No, but like you know, actually, when you sleep too much, I don't know if this happens to you, but when I sleep too much. I wake up with like not a headache, a but headache. like yeah, like just feeling kind of weird, weak. like so weak. The, yeah. The reason behind that is because we sleep in sleep cycles. Okay. When you wake up in the middle of a sleep cycle, you just wake up feeling tired because you didn't get a chance to complete the sleep cycle, mm-hmm. and that's usually an average of ninety minutes. So when I sleep, I mm. try to actually calculate the time to make sure huh. I wake up after a series of ninety minutes. Because if I randomly wake up, I just might wake up in the middle of a sleep cycle, and I'll feel even more stress is that so how is, do you know when your 90 minutes yeah. start like is that you know? when you nap or just, i guess full a full night of sleep because with napping you know in my rule of thumb it shouldn't go over 90 minutes hmm. right a sleep cycle I, and i guess <laughs> nap- was like oh but everyone's needs are different, <laughs> well, are right? different. Yeah. So it's yeah. sort of knowing yourself um thinking back to see maybe when you fell asleep and mm-hmm. when you're waking up to see how refreshed you might feel or how not refreshed mm-hmm. and using that as a guide but for myself i know that you know 90 minutes is the max time i want to take a nap okay and if i'm trying to get a good night's sleep it has to be from four hours 30 minutes till seven hours 30 minutes specifically yeah yeah <laughs> interesting i'm gonna try that this um, week. yeah i'm, I'm gonna actually going to try that this i'm gonna week. there's even something like so lily told me to do this week that i was <laughs> like like i really need to do like time tracking but that's a whole yeah. other topic like it's sure. if we get into it it's like i'm already learning a lot seriously we haven't even started this podcast <laughs> okay let me start episode. let me start oh with her accolades because she's already <laughs> dropping knowledge on like, her guys get your notes so, out <laughs> keep your ears open because we have in our presence the president and CEO <laughs> of <laughs> County University's Student Association. Bro! <laughs> we should put like, uh, canon things and stuff. Uh, or the, like, oh, uh, yeah, sound. Yeah, effect. the sound, oh, like, okay. Sh- so sh- eventually, eventually. Just, just a quick so, yeah. disclaimer before it starts. I'm not an expert on anything other than myself. So hmm. I can only share things that I've learned and, you know, I've tried on my own. Mm-hmm. So. The opinions expressed are not a reflection of Carlton University. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and like in the past, you've also been in CUSA, that's um, mm-hmm. Carlton University so Student Association. You've also been the vice president. Lily has also been <laughs> the vice president of student issues. She's um, been an administrative and programming coordinator at the International Student Center at Carlton. You've been a, speak- a speaker at multiple events. I know recently you <laughs> You spoke at the African Forum. Yes. It's a really big deal. Oh, that's cool. And then, right? And then Bruh, she's also... I feel like I should have, like, dressed up or something. Like, <laughs> well, obviously, gee, not I came here enough. looking. I don't even know. Oh, my. 
Oh, this is not a reflection this of is, myself. Yeah, this is disrespect. I shall see you in professional. <laughs> Next time, she'll come with her attire. Attire, yes. exactly. I'm wearing track pants. Bro, she's also been a speaker at the Story Leadership Conference. I know you've had multiple awards. You just won one, like, last week, right? Yes, I Like, did. the um the Nigerian-Canadian Association in Ottawa um gave Alele <laughs> an Outstanding Educational Achievement Award. <laughs> and she's had many more, like, awards and stuff like that. So she's pretty decorated. And right now you're working um, towards your degree. At least you're going to be done at the end of the year um, with in psychology and I think gender and women's studies as well. Yes. So I already completed, completed my them. degree in psychology this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm just using this next year to finish up a second degree in women and gender studies. Mm-hmm. And she's also niche, the president. You know? <laughs> that's right. Put some respect cool. on that's her really name. That's really cool. It so really put is. some respect on her name. Right? So given all these like achievements that she's had in leadership specifically, I also thought you'd be amazing for this episode because we're talking about having a balanced life and like mm. having multiple interests from the perspective of like Africans and Nigerians. Mm-hmm. Because I know that you don't just do like all although you have all these things, like right before we started recording, Imama was playing her violin and everything. And <laughs> Lily plays the violin as well. You play the piano too. Like, so you have interest outside mm-hmm. that. I know you, on your LinkedIn, you also wrote that you're an Afropop connoisseur. <laughs> Are you now? Are you? <laughs> Bro, so like, I know we've had a conver- an extensive conversation too on like how you really like the music. M- music, yes. <laughs> My Yoruba jumped out. Yeah, I was um, gonna say. <laughs> how you, you're really passionate about the like music scene in nigeria and like you just strike me as a very like multifaceted <laughs> person so like yeah we all have like different aspects to ourselves so like mm-hmm. i just wanted us to discuss the aspect of just having different things going on in our lives mm-hmm. because i feel like growing up nigerian specifically i wasn't really encouraged not that i was discouraged too much because my parents are like somewhat modern or whatever <laughs> so like guys <laughs> yeah, she did air quotes just so you know <laughs> Yeah, like somewhat modern, you know. So like they don't discourage me. Like if I say I, I want to go swimming, I want to pick up mm. a new interest and stuff. They don't. They don't discourage you cannot me. Yeah. Shut down. <laughs> yeah, because there are Nigerian parents that are like, why are you not facing your studies? Yeah. This is what is important. So like, yeah, I just wanted us to have a quick discussion about that. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's interesting because my parents were like kind of the totally opposite. Mm-hmm. They and encouraged I, they, you. Like my father actually like he actively encouraged me. Mm-hmm. Like he would even toss me in things and was like, sir. <laughs> I don't understand. Like he's like because of him, I played violin, I played a keyboard. Because of him, my brother plays the sax, the clarinet, the keyboard as well. Like he put us in like swimming classes. Mm-hmm. I swim, you know that. Mm-hmm. He put us in like basketball things, like literally anything he could at like Chevron Club. He would literally throw us in like any new program, like table tennis. I play that because of him. Mm-hmm. It's like he literally wanted us to do every single thing he couldn't do, and he would always say, "His like I didn't get the chance to do this, so you have mm. to do everything." Mm-hmm. Like you want to go for that art class, in fact go you for must. the art class go and do be the best at it like he literally yeah. was like that so yeah it's very interesting that like whenever i feel like it's actually when i came to canada that i heard from like different like nigerian and african families and like heard that oh like you know they actually shut people down from mm. doing all this whatever things, they like, wanted to do growing up it was that was not my reality at all interesting that's very interesting okay how about you lily 
I share some similar experiences. I would definitely say um, my parents play a role in that. So shout out to my dad and mom. Shout out! Um, so my parents Yours was good. definitely found education super important. So from a young age, I always had extra lessons or tutors or um, just study sessions. You know, they really drove that home that's we had to do well at school. We're, we're five kids mm-hmm. and I'm the first. Mm-hmm. So I had to set a good precedence. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So I remember right from primary school, I would always have like lessons three times a week, not necessarily learning anything new. In fact, my one of my first lesson teachers was a university student. So it was more so like reviewing class material, helping with homework. But that was very important to them. But at the same time, I also remember uh, my dad encouraging me to learn how to swim. Mm -hmm. And that experience is something I really cherish because like most of us, I'd watched the movie Titanic. (laughs) And while everyone was crying, oh, my Rose, Jack, you know, I was like, oh, my goodness, I need to learn how to swim. (laughs) That's what you were interested. (laughs) That's what she took out on Titanic. Plus, it's a a cute (laughs) love story, you know. Um, So there was this Saturday, my dad took myself and and my sisters to a pool and you know being the oldest he talked to the lifeguard there who was sort of like an instructor that he should show me a few lessons and prior to that I didn't know how to swim I was about nine years old Um, I decided okay well now I I have the chance to learn and you know I'd never really asked him for lessons before but you know he brought this up so I was down so we started off and you know the instructor showed me a few techniques in the pool you know Pretty soon I was able to move short laps. Um, but while that was happening, I would always have the instructor by my side. So when I get nervous, I would just reach out and hold on to him. Mm. And then, you know, I was about to do that one more time. And then something happened. I reached out. He was no longer there. And the next thing I realized was I was at the other end of the pool. The deep end? Well, the other end of the pool. So I swam the breadth of the pool. So what really did happen was all the things I learned were in my subconscious and Mm -hmm. those survival instincts kicked in. Mm -hmm. And I did realize, okay, I've learned how to swim. But the interesting thing was people were also clapping. And that was a part Mm -hmm. I didn't understand. And it took me a few minutes, but I soon realized that the adults around the pool had been watching me learn. So when I reached the other end of the pool, they were all celebrating too. Oh, that's so cute. And, you know, it taught me a few lessons that day. I think the very first one was how I can push beyond my limits. And the second one was that even when we don't know, there's always an audience watching and our stories are not just for us. They inspire people too. Hmm. Bro, that's, you know, that kind of like just took a, like a... My, my, my swimming lessons were not that, <laughs> it's not that deep. I, I totally not. did not learn how to swim in one lesson too. I don't think I did. I mean, subsequently I built on my skills. That was yeah. just one day. I actually never returned to that pool. Okay. Um, but I did take part in some school competitions in my primary school mm. and it was really fun. Uh, you know, we would always have interhouse sports, uh, four houses competing in school. Yeah. And I usually represented my house as, um, one of the few girls that liked to swim to and swim. could swim. They don't encourage us to do sports. Yeah. It was but, fun. But just have tried. Yeah, tried. I mean, I used to swim. Yeah. Like, we used to stuff. swim. Yeah. yeah. And there's a time that he took us that to that. <laughs> We had this world competition where we realized that we actually could not swim. I feel like we mentioned that on the podcast I feel like before. we have, yeah. Like, they took us to some, like, um... Well, like, a Lagos State thing. It was, like, like a Lagos State Lagos competition State, of, like, um, different and what schools. And what happened? It was Teslin Balogun Stadium. Yeah. 
and like we were competing with like literal like the public. Whoa, like, yeah. These people practice in Bar Beach. Oh my yeah, goodness. Exactly. Like, people, they, Why they take us there? I don't like, know. Like they swim, swim. I don't mm. know. And like I mean, I thought I could swim. <laughs> I was like, I was like the second best in the school, but mm. what for that competition? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I fumbled. That was that. It really did help. But I've us, uh, but... I've also had a really opposite swimming story where we were preparing for one of those competitions, I believe, and we were outside of the pool, but you know, close to the deeper end of it. I don't remember how many feet this was, but a friend of mine who was super ambitious jumped into the pool and she started drowning. We always have these friends. And uh <laughs> my our swimming instructor actually told me to go save her. <laughs> what? That's why? So, or I don't know if I just went on my own. When Perhaps, the instructor could so not... they, No, no, no. So they mm. we were there. In fact, I don't even know if the instructor told me to save her. I just remember jumping in the pool to be very honest. So I jumped in without a plan. <laughs> and next thing cuz she she was a little bit bigger than I was, so she was pulling she was me pulling in down. and we we're both struggling and he eventually, so my instructor had to jump in and take her out and then I swam out. So that day I learned another interesting lesson, which is, you know, before yeah. you help others, you need to build some capacity yourself. Mm-hmm. If not, it's just two people struggling now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't think I can cool. rescue anyone even else now. I think the time that somebody was drowning, like we're, we're playing hide and seek in the pool. I don't Whoa. really know how that works, but yeah. I kind of like, I think I learned how to swim when I was like three. So like when I was really small, so I was mm-hmm. kind of always confident in the water. And there was this girl that was drowning. She was like fully clothed, like clothed? She had clothes on and anyways. Yes. And she was drowning. And like, I knew I couldn't save her. <laughs> so like, I swam. I literally swam so up to her. So you watched her drown. I saw her. I like, cause she was in the oh deep my, end. So like, so I swam. Okay. <laughs> I knew she funny. did not drown. <laughs> like, I swam up to her and I literally swam in front of her. I looked at her. And then I swam away. But I went to go call help. So like okay. I like swam away and I went to go call the lifeguard and then mm. he swam. There were always those kids yeah. that would yeah. jump in and like, literally cannot swim. Yeah, like but I was excited because I felt like I saved somebody because I called for help. For help. <laughs> I mean that's part of so the that process, cool. you know. Yeah, so like hearing about this now, I feel almost guilty for like saying that my parents didn't. They now that they, I think we were kind of privileged. I don't think they actively thought about Mm. the fact that they were helping me to build these things and that these things can actually develop to be something. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it was just a thing to like, you know, put your kids in like swimming lessons, for Mm -hmm. instance. And I also did have piano lessons. If it was in Nigeria, like I may know how to play the piano by now, (laughs) but my lesson teacher like ghosted on us, like, you know, Mm. so they actually actively tried, but I don't know that they actively tried to like, instill it instill like see it as important to Hmm. like your development later on in life and stuff like that do you guys see any importance to like all these things that you have built like what does it do for you Mm -hmm. like you know i feel like for me so when i was growing up i used to play lawn tennis as well Mm -hmm. and like i don't know it kind of made me dream if that makes sense interesting like like just having all the skills like it really did make me dream like made me feel like I can do a lot. Cause like I used to play lawn tennis and anytime I go like visit my auntie, she would always be watching like lawn tennis. I'm watching like Serena and like really, I always used to look up to like Serena and Venus and like mm-hmm. my auntie would be like, yeah, my sister and I were like the next Serena and Venus. So like it kind of like, even though we're definitely not close, but like they thought. things like that, <laughs> <laughs> things like that just kind of like made me dream, like feel like mm, I can actually, I can actually do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I have the skills, like my dad has made me have the skills in a sense. So 
I can definitely do more. Like, I could definitely be like all these people. Like, with swimming, I always feel like I could go to the Olympics one day. So even though I never... And I I was not even that good. Like, (laughs) I mean, like, I was pretty good. But, like, I wasn't, like, as great. Olympic level. But, like, just the fact that, like, you know, my dad made me feel like these skills were important. Like, you know, I had to have it. Like, you know, I had to do this. It just made me feel like the fact that he thinks is that important and he has kind of made it his responsibility for me to have it means that they're important and I can do something with them. So I can probably do more with them. And like, not everybody had those skills. So I don't know. It just kind of made me dream and like, feel like I could do more. I could be at the Olympics. I could be like, you know, I like Wimbledon and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. I feel like we place an emphasis on school that like, I, I feel like with people, maybe like with mm-hmm. people that maybe weren't the best at school, maybe it would have given them more options to be mm. like, okay, like maybe I'm not so good in school. Like school yeah. is important with being literate, but like, um, there's just so much that they could have done rather than mm-hmm. just school. Yeah. I, I mean, given the context, that we grew up in Nigerian households. I sort of see why Nigerian parents try to prioritize a formal education. In my case, that was one of the things that my parents actively ensured that we got. You know, they always made sure they could send us to the best schools around. And back to your question I, earlier, I definitely think I'm super privileged. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, my parents were able to finance all my needs and mm-hmm. then some wants. Mm-hmm. Um, at the expense of things for themselves. So rather than buying new cars, you know, they would rather send us to good schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that note, in terms of things that were outside of education, my parents demanded some sort of commitment from you as well. So with swimming, for instance, we had that one day where I got some instructions from, you know, the lifeguard or, you know, the instructor at the first pool we went to. But following that, I had to make sure I was, you know, looking for opportunities to sort of practice mm-hmm. with music, for example, um, on their own, my parents never really got me say a music teacher that would come to my house and try to give me like lessons consistently for maybe a year or something like that, which is something that I would have really liked, mm-hmm. but I'm not even sure if I asked for it. But, but you but- did say like with piano, like, or was it the violin that you said, like you, you had a teacher in school, right? So I had, so what happened was we had orchestra in school, right? Okay. Mm. Um, and yeah, we orchestra. Yes. So I'll give some context. Um, in orchestra, I picked up the violin. I haven't played it in years. Right. So that was cool. But while I was in orchestra, I met this student who played the piano mm-hmm. and I really liked the piano. I learned one or two things from here and there. Um, so I remember even when I wanted to buy a keyboard at home, <laughs> My parents weren't so big on it. Eventually, they got me one. But how I actually ended up learning was one day I heard music coming out from our music room when I was in GS2, which is the equivalent of grade eight. And at the time, I only knew a few things on the piano. Um, So I heard music coming from the music room and I walked there. I, in fact, I thought it was the same students, the senior student from orchestra. So I'd, you know, say hi to them and, you know, join them, see what they're doing. Because then I'll just sit sit next to them and watch i got to the music room and i saw a gardener maybe you know the story yeah, you told i saw me about a gardener it. who you know basically cuts grass in our school he wasn't super educated in a formal sense um you know and i'd never spoken to him before but i was really passionate about learning the piano so i said hi 
and we actually became friends. And I don't know where I got the confidence from because I was never even the kid to ask for my friends to come over. But I remember one day in my house, um, I actually told my parents, oh, I have um, someone who is going to come and teach me one or two things on the piano. Um, could you give me maybe 200 naira so I could give him like him. transport money? Oh, and because cool. I still didn't have the confidence to ask them for a teacher. I felt that was such a big ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember like the person came, showed me one or two things, but obviously it wasn't sustainable. It was just a like a one-time thing or maybe they came mm-hmm. by twice mm-hmm. but again never they sort of saw that I was really passionate about music and um I guess their way of supporting me was you know giving me that keyboard but again with everything that I sort of learned outside of the classroom um they've provided some support but they always sort of had to see that I was actively interested in it and I showed mm-hmm. commitment and responsibility. And then for school, it didn't matter if I showed commitment and responsibility, <laughs> although I did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's fair. Cool. I just, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I saw a lot of people that were maybe not the best, like not the most gifted in education, for mm-hmm. instance, but like mm-hmm. there's so much more than these, that these people could have done. Like, yeah. you know, but I feel like, Although you, you talked about context, like about like how we Nigerian society kind of is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it really does prioritize that. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why they were pushing us towards like the education firmly. But imagine a system where you are able to strongly develop all like, because even here, your student athlete still needs to meet a certain exactly. grade, yeah. like, you know, so it's like, it's not that you're not getting an education, right? But you are still strongly dedicated towards whatever you're doing outside that mm-hmm. education i because we see almost as so sorry, no, 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 sorry we ahead. see almost as i think as a leisure thing not something mm-hmm. that can possibly lead to something i feel like i like i totally get that and i get where you're coming from but i mean i don't blame them if that makes sense because no, like no, yeah it's like fine. for me it's like so what next like for instance like i remember how i said like okay I had all the skills, like my parents instilled all of this in me and like it made me dream. It did make me dream. Even like, you know, like I used to do Taekwondo that like I used, I always wow. feel maybe I would, you know, go one day to like Hong Kong or China and like I'm actually tired. fight. Mama, like, I, no, no, no. I it really the fact did that you were such dream. a dream. I was, I was no. a dream as a kid, but not in I'm that not, context. No, I'm not joking. So like, if Mama was going to go to the Olympics, she was going to be, I swear, I was really going to go to the Olympics and all of this. Well, like, but what I'm saying is even though it made me dream and I had all those dreams, it's like in the Nigerian society, right? Like, I mean, I was so good at school, but I had all the dreams. And like, even if I, like, if I was done, I mean, when I finish school, what am I going to do with all of that skill? Like all of those skills? It's like, how am I going to actually use them in Nigeria? Cause like, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about leaving Nigeria then. I was thinking about like being in Nigeria and doing all of, all of these things, but how? And what? I feel like that's why they don't like, it's like, I get what you're saying, but I feel like. It's kind of like you have to look at it from the government perspective as well. Cause like, what is the government going to do to kind of encourage them? Cause mm-hmm. you can, I can, my parents can pay for, I mean, they did pay for me to do all of that, but like now they did. It was now awesome. What? Now what? It's like, so what's next? But, like now I have all of this. So mm-hmm. I understand, but in the world that we are now, like I understand their generation. Cause I, I mean, I was going to ask a question and be like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of us talked, like Imama talked about how, like for instance, her dad could not do it. And so like he's trying to give you all the opportunities that you can get. But, um, I understand from their point of view because in their generation, it wasn't so much of a global world. Like mm-hmm. it is right 
right now. One, two, they were probably not as privileged as we are. Like a lot of our parents, like, you know, these success come up stories, like, you know, I wasn't so rich. I think that's, that, that a lot of us didn't come from like, you know, old money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it makes sense because, I mean, you have to meet your needs before you start meeting all those extra things after. Mm-hmm. But at the point in time that we are now, we can't keep thinking like that because it's like, sure, maybe Nigeria doesn't have the infrastructure, but mm-hmm. like you see a lot of people go to the US. Um, it's unfortunate that like Nigeria can't think about how these these skills can actually still come up to make the country even better than mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, people mig- migrate to like develop their skills mm-hmm. or make their skills work for them. For instance, people go to America for schooling so, yeah, so I mean, they like, can join like soccer teams or mm-hmm, basketball mm-hmm. teams or whatever. You can like if when you were small, if your parents like were I don't know. Like you can, but it's a leisure thing. No, you can, but I feel like you can, but I'm just like, would they want to put all their money into something that's like, maybe, like maybe you would be able to leave. Maybe you would even get visa to leave. What happens if you now don't get the visa to leave the country to go there? Like, it's like, I feel like for them, their priority is education because that's something that they can be like, okay, you know what? Regardless, even if you stay in this country, you can still do something with that. Cause it's like everything you're saying, it's like, okay, so it's based on you leaving the country, but what if you don't even get the chance to leave? So what happens to the kids that are in book smart? That's the problem. Like, I feel like, like, that's where, like, obviously all else fails because it's like, there are kids that are not book smart, but like, in a sense, they can still pass and like somewhere get somehow in education to get somewhere. I on, don't know. on that note of being book smart, one of the things I've noticed in Nigeria is we do have students with learning disabilities mm-hmm. and they, there are no accommodations in our educational system. So mm-hmm. when we conclude that certain people are not even book smart, it's not that they're not smart or they don't want to learn. They definitely have barriers that have prevented them from assimilating the information the same way that other people will. Mm -hmm. And taking that perspective and saying, how can we make education as equitable and accessible to as many students will be a conversation changer. And we'll find that there are more people who have educational interests in certain fields, which is why, again, everyone doesn't go to school to take physics or home economics Mm -hmm. or English. Like, well, everyone takes English and math Mm -hmm. at some level, but we all have our interest and we lean towards certain things or, you know, towards everything for some people. So, you know, just back on that note of people not being, being book, book smart, smart. Mm-hmm. there are art courses, there mm-hmm. are music courses, yeah. there's mm-hmm. something for most people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess I agree with that. Like it can actually be in your education mm-hmm. to, to w- work towards those things. But like, that's not really that big of like a culture like in Nigeria like mm-hmm. taking music would be seen as a hobby again mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying like mm-hmm. that's why I was like people aren't taking these side things these like other things as like important yeah. they're taking it as like a leisure thing yeah which is nice too because like mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I did on the side to have become just like leisure things but I don't see why I couldn't have honed in on that and like made it something like I don't I can do a nine-to-five but then still do something amazing mm-hmm. outside yeah. that nine-to-five I have people I work with that like someone specifically in my department that she does photography and like her photography business is like proper taking off but she's worked there for like what four to five maybe four five years plus plus now and she's still doing her nine to five do you get what i mean so so if we think about the value of our currency earlier and i mentioned 200 naira that's less than a dollar right Mm -hmm. a canadian dollar currently yes (laughs) yes post recession (laughs) 
um, thanks Buhari it was a little bit harder to monetize certain skill sets back then i don't know if you remember going to cyber cafes and having to <laughs> my brother did never buy you never went vouchers. to a cyber cafe my brother did though Ooh. so think of how difficult it was to even have access to the internet say when we were 10 11 12 years old and you know you'd go to the cyber cafe sometimes there's a queue there you buy a hundred naira scratch card you have just an hour or less <laughs> and you know, you're trying to check your emails. Memories. You're trying to do everything. And then the internet is slow too. The internet so is like... slow. Um, there's all sorts of people in the cafe. Some people are there for, you know, reasons that are not legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then imagine if you had the talent of singing, you were looking to refine your skills, everything. Back then, your options would have been to maybe perform live or sell your songs and CDs. But with the rise of the internet, we see so many um, we see so many independent artists who have, you know, no record labels. They have songs on YouTube. It's easy to just upload there. You don't even have connections. You don't need connections to um, the TV channels. You know, there are people who are making it through the internet. There are a lot of people who are able to share their gifts and they're getting some monetary value for that, that they can reinvest in their craft. But, you know, 10 years ago, that was super difficult to do in certain areas in nigeria now obviously the internet is a lot more accessible thanks to a few different still initiatives. expensive still mm-hmm. still not as affordable but a lot more accessible mm-hmm. right so um you can see people um blowing up um you can see people going viral Mm-hmm. Um, you can see people really share their talents and take it to the next level with social media. But again, all of these mediums didn't exist a few years back. So I yeah. think that culture is also changing now where Nigerian parents are true, becoming actually. more open to their kids going through the non-traditional paths because mm-hmm. they've seen that it works. But are they still... Okay, first, to speak on that first part with the internet, I agree. I definitely do agree. But then I think of like pioneers like in the music industry for instance like ld them basically starting things that didn't exist Mm -hmm. at that point Mm -hmm. in time because like i think rather than like the system exists and so i can do this it could also be like my talent exists and i already do this so i will create a system where that Mm -hmm. happens because it didn't just start like music nollywood for instance didn't get where Mm -hmm. it is right now they started like literally recording with their like phones and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and like you know makeup artists them bringing their own clothes <laughs> questionable mm-hmm. clothes to come out you know <laughs> so like it, it's kind of like we can encourage people to do all these things and then create a market for it now mm-hmm. that it is a global world now that we do have like things that are accessible but i think that a problem might be that because we are so used to things being this way mm-hmm. although these amenities exist we will just continue that way mm-hmm. do you get what i mean like we will just continue thinking like formal education like i mean engineering medicine mm-hmm. and um law mm-hmm. are the only like ways like i feel i feel like it's like it's like a fail safe right like it's like a backup like not i mean i mean not i like say this i mean plan, i did engineering but, <laughs> but like I, I mean, but like i feel like it's a fail safe because like i remember this one time like even like my dad telling me like like i said like my dad literally that he gave me opportunity to do all of this and like my dad didn't really care about what i did to, what i did in school i chose to do engineering mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. i know one time i can't remember how this came up i know we're discussing something i don't know and like I think I asked him what, well, like, you know, what would you do if I did music or it's just something like that. And he's like, he doesn't care as long as I'm the best at it. Mm-hmm. But like to him, he's just like, if you go do it and then like, like in Nigeria, if I go do it and like, I now decide to work in that field, he's like, 
if I'm not doing well, he's like, that's my business. Like, he's not going to help me out. And that's why, mm-hmm. but I mean, I feel like he actually <laughs> would have, but like, that's what he said. He's like, he's like, for him, it's like, you know what? He's like, go do what you want. Love what you want. Be the best at what you want. But if it doesn't work out, like where you are, I'm not going to help you out because mm-hmm. Make it you practical. chose it. Like, you know, you choose your path. So I feel like that's kind of the reason why I love Nigeria's kind of honing on education. Cause I mean, if, if they, if like their parents are like, okay, like, you know what? Go and do whatever you want. Like, you know, we don't care. Like, you know, or I, we gave you all the skills. Go and use them if they don't now succeed okay who's going to take care of the parents when, when they're old mm-hmm. the, probably the reason why my dad was able to say that comfortably was because he, he, he is privileged to have a great job to have like you know a pension a pension if he didn't have that privilege why would he tell me to go and do what i want mm-hmm. when i would not be able to help him when it's old like do you get so yeah. it's like that's why a lot of times like i what i feel i don't know if that's 100 percent true but i feel like that's why a lot of nigerians kind of hone on education because they know that regardless at like some level, they do have that backup plan of being able to, even if you're bringing in 20k a month, you're at least bringing in something Some if money. you work at like the bank or something. So like, that's why I'm like, I don't think it's their fault that it is how it is, but like right now it is how it is. But thanks to the rise of the internet and like, you know, the new age, we are learning more. We are doing better because now there are so many even new skills that new jobs, new opportunities that have come in this age that were not there 10 years ago. Yeah. Just because of the rise of the internet. Like even programming on the side, for instance, mm-hmm. like that's something I guess like eventually I do want to like take to Nigeria. Like I'm sure it already exists. Like programming. No, I- <laughs> no, I don't mean like programming at all. I mean like a lot of like after school opportunities Programs. for kids mm-hmm. to like, you know, go because programming is not something that you learn by just learning syntax, for instance. Like mm-hmm. you have to build it over years. Like mm-hmm. it's a way of thinking. So, um, like it's just that kind of thing. Like it doesn't necessarily have to like, be like music or something like artsy. It can be like, you know, side hustles, mm-hmm. things to do on the side. Like for me, soft skills too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soft skills as well. Um, soft skills. Nigerians need it. <laughs> Sorry. No, really? That just really touched yo, like a part of me. Yo. Nigerians need it. I've heard like people saying like when you hire like customer service people Ugh. in Nigeria. Customer service is horrible. It gives in me a headache. Oh, like they gosh. don't care. Like, you know. I guess going back to like what we were talking about, I was being like multifacetedness mm-hmm. or like having <laughs> multiple things, not like just leaving your education. Mm-hmm. I understand the importance of education in Nigeria, like a formal education. I definitely do. I'm just saying that like there's this idea of like even in university, for instance, people will come to university and be like, oh, I'm part of this club, that club. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're like, Mm, like chill with that <laughs> what you're doing because it's like it's going to distract you from the education and everything okay, but okay. you see people here and i'm not saying that they are the um yardstick or whatever but seeing them like do multiple things that along with their fees are lower. <laughs> they don't have too much as we much like times three. <laughs> but yeah um but just taking that like after we've talked about like we have talked about being um like a jack of all trades but you know what they say like jack of all trades master, master of none. none so like what do you guys think about that like if you are really good for instance i like lily you might be able to speak to <laughs> this too because i know like a thing that you really hone in on is leadership right like you yeah. believe in change through leadership but um you also do a lot of other things like and sometimes stuff might suffer the other things that you do might suffer because of this one major thing that you're doing so is it worth it to have like the other things and have one thing suffer like how do you balance that how do you balance the multiple life is about priorities i've moved away from the idea of necessarily balancing different aspects of my life to integrating 
different aspects. So, mm. you know, well, I guess it's my technique for maintaining balance, some sense of balance, depending on how you define balance. Mm-hmm. So just integrating things into your lifestyle. If, for example, fitness is a priority and at the same time, say I enjoy listening to podcasts for personal development, it means I can take long walks and listen to podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds like multitasking. For some things, multitasking might be effective. For other things, not as effective. So again, it goes back to knowing yourself. For me, there are certain activities I can't do at the same time. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. And there are other things that I can juggle at the same time. But in terms of my priorities and commitments, I always sort of rank things accordingly. Um, You know, when I think about school, I know it's super important because that's why I'm here in the first place. That's why I'm in Canada, North America. Um, Well, that's what brought me here rather. I think yeah. I'm here for other things. Yeah, now. you are now. Um, yeah. When I think about CUSA student leadership, I think of the fact that I was elected by thousands of students and I have a responsibility to represent Carlton students. And so it's not one that I can take lightly because I put my name on the ballot and now students give me the opportunity. So it's not something that I would just pick and drop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a full on commitment. Um, when I think about other things for myself, I also figure out how I want to prioritize that. For instance, a few weeks back, I decided to start learning Spanish. And because I'm teaching myself, I, you know, went on YouTube for a couple hours to figure out how some other people had tried to learn Spanish. And so I, you know, downloaded this app and, you know, I do it for about 30 minutes a day. And I've noticed during the past few weeks that I've been so consistent with it. And it's not because I was actively trying to prioritize it. It's because I actually enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't even feel like I'm putting in Work. work. I'm really just enjoying it. So again, I try to integrate um, things in my life that make me feel happier, make me feel energized and help me build capacity to do better things. Um, so it's not too much of a problem. I definitely think even when we prioritize, some things might suffer, but it shouldn't be things that are detrimental to your well-being. It could be, so we were talking earlier, I had considered initially going back to learn the violin because I only had a short period of learning it and perhaps purchasing one. But I made the sacrifice to say, you know what, I'm not doing that. Um, I would love to, but it, I just don't want to add it to my list of priorities this year because it's going to be, you know, at the back end. Like I wouldn't actually prioritize it. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the future, although, you know, sometimes we get busier, sometimes our schedules change, but it's also being very responsible and honest with ourselves to say, what can we pick? Um, what can we drop? Um, what can we maybe do later? So, mm-hmm. yeah. How about you? Know, honestly, that was actually, oh, me? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I was going to say, like, that was wise words. I wish I actually took notes. Like, and I, and I know you, like, you, you, you know, you joking, can listen back I'm at serious. this and, like, you know, because it's like, take notes. No, actually, notes that, you need, yeah. that I need. Like, one thing that, like, did stick out to me was you saying being, being honest with yourself. Like, that's one thing that I feel like I am not because, like, I feel like I have all the skills, like, all these ideas. Like, I am the jack of all trades and master of <laughs> Like, that saying is actually No, me. but like, your mama has, like, amazing uh, ideas. And like, like, when you hear it, like, bro. <laughs> they, they are really good. And so many skills as well. Like, I mean, I was saying all these things that my dad, like, made, made me do. And, like, yeah. I can actually actively do them. But it's, like, I feel like sometimes I'm just not honest with myself in that, like, you know, 
I don't actually have time to do this right now. Or like, you know, just like honest myself and like how much I'm able to take in or do like at the moment. And I feel like I can do everything. And then like I burn out. I'm just like, now I'm tired. Now I'm going to nap for like four hours. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that's it. So to some degree, I actually don't agree with the statements, Jack of all trades, master of knowledge. For some people, it might apply. Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel as though, you know, there are people who are quite competent. By mm-hmm. the end of the day, whose standards are you using to measure yourself, right? If you're self-evaluating to you, you might be super competent in something. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when we talk about leadership, I don't stop being a leader when I engage in other activities. Mm-hmm. I, you, you know, take that leadership into whatever when, you're doing. Even if I'm, if I'm listening to a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I'm picking things that, you know, I can apply. If I'm learning Spanish, I'm thinking about, you know, when I meet, say I've, I've met, um, some international students or exchange students who have come by and it's always nice and friendly, um, to share a few words. sentences when they yeah. say, Oh yes, I'm from this place, you know. So I don't stop being the leader that I want to be when I engage in other activities, mm-hmm. even when I go for a social event or anywhere, right? That's the same way. And I don't stop being a student too, because I consider myself a lifelong learner when the things I've learned from psychology, I, I try to apply them in other spaces as well. So I think that whole concept of jack of all trades, master of none is one that may not apply to every scenario because you could have skill sets in different mm-hmm. areas and you can integrate them in other areas. They're not independent experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I agree, but I also feel like it applies when you're not honest with yourself. Mm. Like, I feel like that's it. Like, Jack of all trades, master of none, should have like anesthetics at the end. (laughs) Where it's like, yeah, like it applies in like certain instances where I mean, like, you're, I mean, I guess I won't say you're blessed because you've kind of worked at it, right? You are hardworking i don't know like you, you like smart you are you're smart working I in the sense that like you've been able to properly like you know find a way for all your like for you to kind of integrate like you said integrate your skills into one another integrate what like you're actually doing to know one another. what works for you know what works for you, you know? like know yourself and like you know, know what works for you and i feel like that's like that's something that a lot of people kind of need to learn I mean, like, I know, like, I feel like I know myself, which is why I'm able to actually know when I am lying to myself. <laughs> because, like, I know myself to the point where I've been able to actually sit, sit down and be like, hey, sis, this is not it. Like, <laughs> stuff like that. But I'm just not honest to myself enough to be like, okay, to actually, like, be like, this is not it. So let me tell you what actually is it. Because mm. I feel like I know when it's not it, but I just like don't want to know like, what to do about that. Yes. Like mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to be like, okay, let me reduce my workload right now. Like, let me reduce what this is because I feel like then I'm not doing enough, but that's not how it works. So there's, and that's the thing we know yourself also developing techniques to help you. Right. Mm-hmm. So just to be clear, I definitely mm. don't think, write my notes. <laughs> um, I definitely don't think I'm doing everything I want to do. I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. There are things that I want to do that I just can't right now. Mm-hmm. I've chosen not to do. So there's also some elements of sacrifices, but I do think that, you know, when you focus on too many things, it's a lot harder to be efficient in one. Like, I guess that's where I, the, the yeah, term jack of all trades comes into, yeah. like, Asterix. because because it's like uh, even with school i know a hundred percent because in first year i didn't have as many commitments that if i didn't work you know technically full-time for cusa or if i didn't do other things i would have so much more time to just focus on school mm-hmm. and i know too if i was say taking just one course i'll have so much more time to just focus on cusa so 
I'm not even doing things to the extent that I want to do them. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing them well enough to my satisfaction and to actually um ensure that they're making a positive impact for the people around me and the people that are not around me. But if I could relieve certain experiences without other things interfering, I know that there's a lot more I would do. And that's where delegation comes in. That's where relationships come in. Because now at work, I have trust for the people around me, right? I've been able to build trust with them, which means that now I don't even have to delegate certain tasks. I just delegate the outcomes I want to see. And I trust that they can be creative enough to bring those solutions and they will appreciate that sense of autonomy. So that frees up some space for me because I don't need to be involved in every single every thing. Single I trust that the people around me have that skill set, and all I need to be is a support or a guide and I need to articulate the results that I want to see in school for example um I know that you know sometimes you know when we form those Facebook groups to discuss course content or just even being active in class being vocal in class if you're that type of person can really reinforce the things you're learning so figuring out okay you know it's important that maybe I try to also build a relationship with my professors so they actually know who I am and It works because one of my classes, I remember I had a paper due that day. I had done it, but I didn't think it was done to the best of my ability. And I told my prof, I said, I'm having such a busy week. And I feel like if I had just an extra day, I would do better at this paper. She's like, sure. It was you Wednesday. She said, bring it in Friday. So again, these things like matter, like it's just building those resources around you to really help you and reach your goals. And then friendship is another part because I have a diverse um, group of friends from people who are still students, people who have graduated, people who since graduated, I'm able to leverage on their knowledge to, um, you know, I don't just go for say game nights or, um, trips or things like that it's like they're also friends i have who you know we we speak on the phone every once in a while and we talk about our goals and we talk about how we can support each other and when they see really cool opportunities they send it my way when they see really cool articles videos they send it my way so people who are invested in my success as well Mm -hmm. i feel like friendships are investments they are but I feel like you've, you've been wanting to say something. You Have can, I? Yeah. No, <laughs> I've, like, I've, I've just been I always hear you go. In. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm actually just taking everything you guys mm-hmm. are saying in because I am one person that I feel like I always just want to do. Like, hmm. while you're like an action person, I feel like, I'm sorry, you're an idea. I was about to say person. who? Sorry. <laughs> let's flip Amen. that. Let's flip. In, no, 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 no. I like it. I Jesus am an action name. person. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of like an action person rather than a, like, I think I'm less strategic. And I don't know that. I don't see it as a weakness. I'm only starting to not see it as a weakness because I do believe that from what you said, like, delegating things is so important. Like, I know Imama, for instance, with the podcast, you bring the strategic thinking mm-hmm. behind it because me, I just do. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this, this is, it, it sounds like it would work. So I just do. Like, do you get, but like, you have to work strategically a lot of times. I don't see it as a weakness because it's like, if you, people around you have a strength, mm-hmm. you can build on that and like, it, 
it works together mm-hmm. to like make something bigger. So yeah, we're not islands with friends, mm-hmm. but I, I, I end up being so burnt out. Like, and I mean, that time tracking thing is definitely something I want to take into action. Like this week, I'm just going to track, okay, um, Monday to Friday, here is where all my time mm-hmm. went to and then try to restructure because I burn out. Like I try to do much more than mm-hmm. my time can allow me to do. And I, when I end up like, at the end of the year or something, looking back, I'm like, I wanted to do so many things and I started doing so many things, but then nothing is fruitful. Like mm-hmm. nothing, I don't see a tangible outcome for, from mm-hmm. anything that I've done. So like, I know a lot of people are like, ah, Matilda is always exhausted. She's always doing, <laughs> but like, where, where is anything to show mm-hmm. for all that, that, that I've been going towards? So like a lot of people look so busy all the time. They always are doing one or two things, mm-hmm. but like if you're not strategic like, about result? it. Do you, do you mind me jumping result? in there? Yeah. So I think some things we do are not necessarily to be seen. It's just feelings we inspire. So for example, um, say with the pod, um, it might not reach a million listeners, mm-hmm. but it could reach a thousand and it could help those people make a new decision or learn something new and it just impacts them differently. So we're used to measuring impact by metrics, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times true impact is felt, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we are too critical of ourselves Mm -hmm. because we're evaluating ourselves by this standard that has been normalized. Whereas we're making impact. So it's also, I know, you know, there's that element of saying, I'm not still not satisfied with the results yeah. I'm getting, mm-hmm. but once in a while, always sort of pat yourself on the back and imagine other kind of results that you might be putting out there. But one thing that I've also learned too is, um, if you can't even clearly visualize what your ideal scenario is, it's very hard to get there. Do you have a, and people would feel like this is just a capitalist means of, you know, society telling us, oh, it's, you know, they want you to have those vision boards or do all of that. (laughs) And people think it's cheesy, but the truth to it is when you can actually, you know, when you actually have your ideal scenario fully pictured, Mm -hmm. it's easier to imagine the steps you need to take to 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 get get there. there. And even if you don't get there, at least like, you know, you have gone somewhere around there mm-hmm. that could work. You work towards it. basically. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's very true. And it's true about like everything that we do. And like, mm-hmm. I, I do sometimes see like my other, that's, I truly do believe that Jack of all trades, master of none. Asterics. Asterics. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mama, sorry. I mean, at the end of the day, it's what she believes, right? It's, it's, so, it's, but I, I do I, believe in the asterisks. I understand what you mean. Yeah. But like, I, I can visually see my other things suffering every mm. time I divide my attention to a new thing. And it also comes to that time planning thing. I, I, I am a very bad time planner. Mm-hmm. So it's important to t- plan your time and mm-hmm. then make sure that you're prioritizing. Like everything you've said, Lily and the mama, like <laughs> everything. Just for context, I talked with Matilda about time sorry lily please tell tell everyone what is what this you time tracking no, stuff. i need it because obviously need it. we need it no yeah. i'm not i don't necessarily know what i should be saying about that because oh, it's, it's um very based off what you what mm-hmm. I told you. Yeah, That's so. why it's been hard to like mm-hmm. really oh, explain. Okay. But it's just tracking your time basically. Okay. Tracking so yeah, look, on that note, something general... quick is we I've seen a lot of effort towards scheduling 
activities, events, mm-hmm. planning beforehand, you know, figuring out, oh, this is my calendar for today, this week. Mm-hmm. But what often happens is people don't go back to see, but what did I do last week? You know? Mm-hmm. And now the interesting thing is not what did I plan to do, but what did I actually do? Because yeah. most times we have a schedule and we, we don't even planners. follow it, right? Yeah. So going back to review and almost even calculate how much time you spent on different types of activities and then you know reflecting on if you really did mean to spend that time Mm -hmm. on those activities and how the amount of time you're investing in them is creating certain outcomes and if you're satisfied with those outcomes and if there's room for you to change certain things Mm -hmm. but that's a very simple yeah it doesn't make sense that you're dedicating that amount of time to what you're doing like is it giving back what because you did tell me about like the story of that other guy that he found that I'm a- Shout out to Olu. He's, uh, okay. he's working on Wait, a Olu? time budgeting app. Oh no, he's, uh, Olu Ogunlela. He's not okay, a college student to graduate. Okay, so yes. I, I know another Olu <laughs> who's also like one of these people that do the most. <laughs> but like, okay. Yeah. Like it was, he was just like, he's putting more hours into something that's not giving him back as much and then putting in less hours into what is is giving him much more yeah. mm-hmm. back so it's like why am i doing that mm-hmm. and then reprioritizing your time basically mm-hmm. so uh, she, so his instagram handle is the life architect like architect the life architect oh, like, could you spell that l-i-f-e-t-i-c-h-e-c-t okay oh, so nice. shoot him a message say hey i heard about give you a shout out on the pod yeah. um but he's working on something really cool and he recently organized a virtual time class mm-hmm. And he has, uh, like a, a group chat with some early adopters, well, of the minimum viable product, which mm-hmm. is not yet a full on app yeah. for people to use, but sort of mirroring the experiences of using the app. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's really good stuff. Okay, guys, we've come to the end. This really wow. we have what? Yeah. that was so it's quick. Over an oh hour. my goodness. Well, that's crazy. We've well, just been like talking. We also day. need to talk about um like you know our lesson from the week and everything. Mm-hmm. So okay. by the time we get there, it's gonna be over now. It just feels like so short. It is short. I like this episode. I yeah. really well, like I really this like conversation. It. I, I have to go back and listen to it. It's so right cool now. to be here because I've heard <laughs> most of your episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um and I I especially enjoy some of the pigeon English ones ones and <laughs> no, you know matilda is coming back on our next pigeon episode because she was like oh she can't speak pigeon i'm like uh, i don't listen so. to matilda i'm like oh my goodness this excuse is so you. funny excuse um, you at this, i'm not trying to criticize your pigeon of course not um i'm just saying it's so interesting to hear you um like you know speak, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, no. i know i, I know i'm a g it's fine <laughs> it's cool it's just it's a different vibe <laughs> and i love languages because they show another side of you because we don't speak languages the same way. It almost impacts your personality. It does. So. We had this conversation a bit yesterday and I reflected on it and I I had thought about this much before and I think my personality, my real personality <laughs> comes with my Nigerian accent. Like when mm, I'm in yes. and when I'm with my wow. Nigerian friends, I am able to, like, for instance, sarcasm with a Nigerian accent mm. is not the same thing. And I'm a very sarcastic person. I can't, <laughs> t- I can't transfer that sarcasm to my, when I'm speaking t- with my work friends, for instance. Mm. Like, I can't transfer my personality across accents, even accents, not even like languages. Interesting. You know? mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I find it very, and languages obviously much more because they are words that you can't even like, exactly. perfectly translate. Yeah. It's crazy. Lesson from the week. Lesson from the week. 
Um, you can go first, Lily. Yeah. Wow. Put me on the spot. Yes. Go first. Yes. yes. Hit it. So I think consistency is my lesson from the week. Anything you're doing, um, making sure you're doing it enough to actually learn from it. Because sometimes we pick up on things and experiences are very short-lived and we don't really experience the full extent of what it means to, you know, go through that process. So if you want to start something, always give yourself, like buy yourself time to try it. Don't just give up after the first instance. Actually see if you can follow through for a bit. So consistency slash persistence and you know it's something that's applicable to a lot of scenarios but at the same time i do want to mention that if you think something is detrimental to your well-being then absolutely um do not continue but it's always good to constantly challenge ourselves and when we take up these challenges show some consistency Mm -hmm. so wise um i feel like for me it's like don't like overextend yourself because like I feel like a lot of times especially with me personally and I'm not sure if that's true for everybody but like because like I feel like I know how to do something or I guess because I feel like I know how to do something like if somebody's like oh they have a problem I try to solve it like I always try to be like oh yeah like you know like this is what you can do like I try to kind of like solve that problem and like whatever it is but it's like sometimes you just don't have enough even though you can do it you just don't have the bandwidth to do it there and then maybe some other time so like you know i guess it kind of goes back to knowing yourself and like just like knowing when to be honest with yourself to Mm -hmm. stop Mm -hmm. because like sometimes you really just overdo it and then a lot of things suffer from it like like i said the past two weeks were really really stressful Mm -hmm. and i didn't get to do any other thing apart from like work maybe Mm -hmm. some like few other things here and there and it's just because i kind of like reached out that hand too long when there was like no more hands to kind of reach mm-hmm. out, but I just kept stretching mm-hmm. and I kind of overextended myself. So yeah, don't overextend yourself. Like, okay. you know, no one to stop, no one to stop. Be honest with yourself and like no one to actually be like, Hey, it's time to relax. Facts. Yeah. True, true stuff. Um, mine has to do with like travel and like, I, I guess like when a lot of people are like, Oh, when you travel, you learn so many different things. I was like, I mean, I mean, how, how do you, like, it can be, I guess, like, but even for instance, like the Dominican thing, although I didn't like get to really like immerse myself in the culture too much. Cause like I was, I was there for only like four or five days and I was only trying to like, you know, do the tourist things and everything. I was going to say the tourist shit, but <laughs> sorry, yeah, do the tourist thing. So, but like, even just scene like i did a lot of like human being watching just because i went alone so i would Mm. just sit down and like watch people going about their normal day and everything and i just see the like big differences like in culture and everything i went to this dominican restaurant and this woman was calling me mommy hey mommy oi mommy i was like (laughs) (laughs) no one's ever called me mommy oh my goodness yeah it was was just (laughs) nice you know um and yeah it's it's good i had something else in my mind but then i forgot God's what oh yes whoever does new york's um pr <laughs> needs to come and do nigeria's own. oh yeah because you know, i've heard that a lot actually because it's like it's where all the movies are made like yeah. you know they, they new york is this place where you can move to and make all your mm, dreams but like come i heard through. it's not even this city is dirty like as far oh, like that's, that's what i heard in the subway there's rats 
I was in Saks, there was a cockroach. <laughs> you know? So like, oh my and God. it's crowded. Like, I would actually live there because it's actually just a bigger version of like Lagos. Toronto mm-hmm. or Lagos or whatever. <laughs> you know? So like, I would live there. It's good, but it's not like the way that they make That's it glamorous. seem like, Ooh. What of Times Square? Times Square was really good, but like, I mean, yeah, um, I, I enjoy Times what's, Square. What's the, uh, there's Nathan Phillips Square? No, um, downtown Toronto. What's the name of that square that's like right outside? Oh, um, I know what you mean. Young right after Dundas? Eden? Dundas. Dundas mm-hmm. Square. And Dundas. 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 <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> no, Dundas Square, for instance, it has a, a little bit of like those, um, mm-hmm. like lights and adverts yeah. and everything. I mean, if it's, if you make it bigger, that's Times Square. Should be like, I've never been to Times Square, so I okay, couldn't tell so, you, but. But like, Lily, like, I like Times Square. What happens? In, <laughs> what happens in Times Square? Lily is not buying so, that. Sometimes we, you know we see acts doing your thing. In Toronto too, there's that. True, yeah. I like in Toronto, in Toronto, there's that. That's but true. But like Toronto doesn't have the same. Anyways, Broadway's coming to hype. Canada, so I mean, yeah, like you can get little of like what you get in New York anywhere else. But like they've so much like hyped, the city, hyped it. Yeah. I mm. even went to the Empire State Building and like there's like a screen that you can see like all the movies that have been shot like mm. around there. I actually did feel really like. Oh my gosh, I'm finally where all these movies. Yeah, I was Kong. like, it's actually like every other place. Like, oh, look, yeah. they've really given a good PR. So please, Boo Boo needs you guys. <laughs> please come and do PR Boo-boo. for Nigeria. You know, Press so hmm, we need you. Oh yeah, so we do this thing. This oh is, yeah. yeah, with the music in the background. Oh my goodness, I thought you were about to maybe do like a quick rap thing, Lorraine. I'm oh, like, no. <laughs> a rap up for some. Like, yo, 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 it's mm. till the beat. Hey, hit it, Lily, Lily on the beat, Lily on the beat, make you move your feet. Hey, feeling my heat. Hey, don't press that delete. press that delete. Don't press that delete. Oh, sorry. All right, guys, it's been your girl Matilda, and it's Imama. And it's your girl, Lily. And you've been listening to the African Lipso Podcast. Mm-hmm.